G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of Cotton Yarns. Today I've got a pretty interesting podcast for you. So a little while ago I sat down and had a discussion with Kristen Knight, who's a insect resistant management scientist for Bayer. Now Kristen does a lot of the work with monitoring, as in a title, monitoring insect resistance. Um, and she does a lot of work with developing some of the RMP stuff that's involved, um, of course, with growing our GM cotton. So we touch on the RMP program itself, why it's in place and, and what its goals are. Then we go into a few more details around crop destruction. And then Kristen tells us a little bit about what she does at her lab in Toowoomba. So it's a really interesting podcast. And we also hear a little bit about what lies in the future for insect resistance management in cotton. There's some pretty exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. Righto, so g'day Kristen and welcome to the Cotton Yarns podcast. Thank you for giving me some of your time today and, and agreeing to come on board and have a chat about. We're going to focus on, we're going to talk a little bit about RMP in cotton, um, which is resistant management plan, and a little bit about, you know, the the reasons around crop destruction and what, what it actually aims to achieve. But before we get into that, do you just want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, what your role is in with Bayer? Yeah, sure, Angus, and thanks for asking me to have this conversation with you. It's um, good, always good to talk about resistance management for Bolgar cotton. So for those of you who are listening who don't know me, my name is uh, Dr. Kristen Knight, and I am an insect resistance management scientist, uh, and I've worked for Bayer in this role for around 18 years. So I've spent a long time working around um, bringing the Bolgar technologies into Australia for cotton growers and also helping develop the resistance management plan so we have the technologies so that we can have sustainable cotton farming in Australia. Very good. And so I'm not too crash hot with my years and everything, but would have did you see in your role the introduction of GM cotton into Australia? Or was that no, more around Bolgard too? Well, I am, I am that old, but um, I wasn't. I wasn't working with the business when Ingard was introduced in 1996. I joined um, the business just as Bolgard two was being introduced. Yep. So the year that Bolgard two was introduced. So yes, I've 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 been around to see GM cotton introduced into Australia, but I've you know I've been able to work with the GM technologies since 2005, uh, which has been really exciting, um, and see that tr- transition from. Bolgard Bolgar 2 to Bolgar 3. Yeah, yeah. So resistance management plan. So I'm sure most of the people listening would have heard of the resistance management plan, but they might not understand the fundamentals of it. So I guess some of the science behind it and why we do the things Mm -hmm. we do within the resistance management plan. And I also think that people don't really understand that how important it is in the Australian cotton industry, like having the benefit of GM cotton is in a nutshell, the backbone of our cotton industry and why we can produce so much quality cotton. But do you just want to give us a bit of a brief overview of what the resistance management plan is and why it is in place? Yeah, definitely. So I guess I'll take a step back and talk about what GM cotton is first, because that's the basis of why we have a resistance management plan. So GM cotton, and most of the listeners will know this, but GM cotton is um, genetically modified. So it produces toxins or protein, insecticidal proteins that are toxic to lepidopteran caterpillars. And these proteins come from um, Bacillus thuringiensis, which is hard to say, or Bt. So the Bt um, bacteria. So these proteins 
are specific to killing lepidopteran caterpillars. So the plant has been has been modified, so it produces or expresses those proteins throughout the season. And unlike chemistries or insecticides that are sprayed, they dissipate from the environment fairly quickly and resistance has developed to those insecticides. Because these proteins are expressed or produced for the whole life of the cotton crop, there is a risk that resistance may develop to the um, proteins by both Helicoverpa armidra and Helicoverpa punctidra, which are key pests for cotton and which for which the resistance management plan, or I'm going to call RMP from now on because yep. it's, it'll be easier for us to talk about, that that's the key reasons why the resistance management plan or RMP has been developed so that we can ensure resistance doesn't evolve because those proteins are being produced throughout the life cycle of the cotton growing in the ground. Yep. P is in place so that we can delay the evolution of resistance in um, Helicoverpa armidra and punctidra to the proteins that are produced in Bolgard 3. And it has three pillars uh, that we base our science around, uh, and that is based on what we know about the ecology of those two pests in the in the regions that we grow cotton in. So the first pillar is around limiting the number of generations that can be exposed to the cotton crop throughout the season. And we do that through planting windows. And we also do that in, in specific and around in the north. We also do that through our planting windows. And we do it through the October 15 end date. So we have six weeks between cotton being grown and when the next planting window can open. So yep. having cotton, so not having cotton growing all year round. So that by doing those two things, we are limiting the number of generations that might be, expo be exposed. So that's the first pillar. And the second pillar is diluting resistance genes. Now, resistance to BT is usually recessive, which means that to be resistant to one of the proteins, a moth has to be carrying two genes for the yep. resistance to that protein. And if there is a moth out there with carrying two genes that are resistant to that protein, we want to make sure it mates with something that is susceptible, that is not carrying resistance genes. So we're knocking out a resistance gene every time that mate, those matings occur. So I, we're diluting those resistance genes. So even if there is a caterpillar um, produced that is carrying one gene for, say, Cry2AB, which is one of the proteins in Bolgard 3, it's still going to be susceptible to bot to cry to AB because it needs two genes to survive. Yep. But because of the because the refuge has been producing moths to be able to do this mating and diluting, we're knocking those genes out. So those those individuals are still susceptible to the proteins and will die. So that's the function of refuges. The third pillar is end of season management, and that is to actually remove resistance genes at the end of the season. In the south, that is done through pupae busting. And in central Queensland, it's done through trap crops. And it's also done through trap crops in North Australia. And as I mentioned, we base the resistance management plan on the ecology of the pests. Yeah. So in the southern regions from, say, the Darling Downs, where I'm sitting now, we have cold enough winters where we have diapause with those pests. So we know at, at a certain stage in the, in the season, as it starts getting colder and the days start getting shorter, when a larva uh, pupates in the ground, it is more likely to go into diapause. Once, a, once winter hits, those pupae will stay under the ground until it becomes warm enough in spring for them to emerge. So we've got an opportunity if something has survived Bolgard 3 in those areas where there's diapause to actually 
kill those pupae or, or disturb the pupal chambers so they can't emerge as moths in spring. Yeah. So the pupae busting takes resistance genes out that way. In the areas such as central Queensland and uh, North Australia where there's no diapause because it's warm all year round, we need another strategy to remove those resistance genes. And we do that through trap crops. So we have an area which is either the pigeon pea refuge that's been taken through uh, or unsprayed cotton that has been slashed to promote um, flowering at the right time. And um, we want that to be flowering when the cotton, has, the Bolgard 3 has been defoliated. So it's attractive. Yep. It's going to bring moths in and they're going to lay their eggs on that that piece of cotton or pigeon pea that is attractive and a couple of weeks later the grower is then going to destroy that trap crop by slashing and mulching it and they need to cultivate under the ground because there may have been enough time for larvae to survive and get through and pupate so we want to kill what's in the plant and what's under the ground so that's the the third element of the resistance management plan so we remove resistance genes at the end of the season so that all those pieces are put in place based on science that we've done um, either ourselves or in collaboration with with scientists from CSIRO. And so we put those measures in place based on that science and based on what we know about the ecology of the pests in those different areas. Yep, yep. And I guess a lot of people would be most synonymous with, with refuge and, and pupae busting. But And that's great. You gave us a bit of an insight into actually what happens when we are pupae busting because I know I get absolutely hammered with questions like that, you know, Mm -hmm. A lot of people know the word pupae busting, but, you know, a lot don't understand what's actually going on in the soil. So, and obviously those, there's some pretty strict guidelines within there, and you mentioned a lot of those. I guess they're monitored pretty regularly, so they're adhered to, to of course, protect protect the efficacy of, of, of the genes in our GM cotton. Rightio, so, Kristen, you mentioned there, you know, why we have the RMP and, and, and its importance, and we might move on to a bit of the stuff around um, crop destruction, which is probably one of the main, you know, pillars of the whole RMP. So, you know, do you want to, I guess, touch on the process of crop destruction? Um, what is it involved? And then we might um, go into, you know, some of the what happens if these regulations aren't met. Sure. So um, the, the crop destruction piece is really around to say if we think about that uh, pillar that I talked about for the resistance management plan that everyone associates with planting windows, which is limiting the number of generations that are exposed. Crop destruction is around making sure that we remove plant material so that we are not having regrowth or new growth so that we have those plants growing again for for longer than the crop needs to be growing because if the crop is growing it could be attractive or the plants are growing they could be attractive to helicoverpa so that's what yep. we want to prevent so that crop destruction really is, is just about trying making sure that that plant those plants are killed um, so what it says in the resistance management plan is that crop must be uh, slashed and mulched within four weeks of harvest so what we're trying to do is give give growers time to undertake that operation, but that operation is really important so that we're not having regrowth. Um, so if when it gets warmer in the south and the plant wants to regrow, and we all know cotton just wants to grow, um, it 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 will remain dormant and then start growing if it if it gets warmer or if it gets enough water. So we want to make sure that that cycle of the plant being able to regrow is stopped. 
So that's around limiting the number of generations that are selected. So we really, tr really want to end the season kind of at a consistent point. I know all growers harvest at a different time. Yeah. But we know then that if that measure is put in place, that as each grower has harvested, we're stopping selection in those regions. So it's really around limiting those those generations that are exposed. The ways that the crop can be killed is what we say in the RMP is through slashing and mulching. It may need a herbicide application as well, uh, depending on what other operations growers might put into place, like root cutting or stalk pulling um, yep. in, their, in their, whatever their operations allow them to do. How they kill the crop is is up to them and as long as that crop is killed that's that's what we're chasing in terms of uh, managing resistance and of course okay. so some of these processes do have to be i guess overseen and managed by bayer there's some pretty strict guidelines around mm -hmm. around the whole rmp do you just want to run us through you know some of the implications if if these guidelines aren't adhered to properly yeah, sure. So if you look at your resistance management plan or RMP, and I hope you all do read it every year at the beginning of the season, but wherever you see a must in the resistance management plan, that is, and it is a regulatory document. So it is a document that has been um, approved by the APVMA. So wherever there is a must in the resistance management plan, that is a resistance uh, strategy that the grower must do so you must plant a refuge uh, you must um, you must pupae bust or whichever operation we're talking about wherever there is a must we have to ensure that the grower has managed that task and done it so that we are managing um, resistance risk so uh, we do surveys at three different points in the season so we do it at planting at mid-season and at the end of the season to make sure all of those musts have been achieved uh, throughout the season. Say, for instance, if we get to the mid-season and the the refuge field is looked at and the refuge is not flowering or it's been sprayed out by a herbicide if it's pigeon pea or if it's weedy, we we need to know that so that we can we can bring the grower back into compliance. So we can develop a plan to bring a grower back into compliance. And that process is called a resistance risk management plan. And that will got, will give the grower some uh, guidelines or instructions on what they need to do to be brought back into compliance. So that process is undertaken throughout the year. So it's really, what, what I'd really like to say though, is that if a grower notices that they've got an issue, the earlier that you talk to your territory business manager, the quicker we can fix the problem and the easier the solution will be. So I would I would really strongly suggest growers not to wait for those surveys um, at planting or mid-season or end of season. If they notice an issue with their refuge or any other part of the, the resistance management plan that they need to be complying with, the quicker they make a phone call, the quicker we can help fix that problem. And it's really just about communication and appreciate people or growers calling us and saying we've got a problem, how do we fix it? And that makes it much easier for us and much easier for the growers in the long run and we're managing risk all at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's good to point out too that the whole idea behind the, the RRMP is not holding growers accountable but, you know, making sure that, you know, we are protecting the, the Bolgard 3 genes in our cotton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, the resistance risk management process is really about making sure we are managing risk. It's not about 
punishment. It's not of those things that people might think or hear when they hear about these processes. It's really about making sure we're putting plans in place so that we can, as I keep saying, mitigate the risk of resistance uh, developing, which none of us want to see happen and we want to protect the technology. Definitely, definitely. So we might just move into you know, what you do in your role as an insect scientist. So I know you play a pretty major role in in the RMP. Do you just want to tell us a bit about what you do? Yeah, certainly. Um, So the main role that I have, and I have um, a small team based here in Toowoomba, and if you're ever in Toowoomba, everyone is more than welcome to come and visit and we can show you around and show you the work that we do. So our key role at the lab is um, we do the industry's resistance monitoring for the BT proteins in Bolgard 3. And we've we've done this um, since even before I started. I started with the businesses in 2005 and we started resistance monitoring in 2002. So what we're doing through our resistance monitoring program is ensuring that we're not seeing an increase in those resistance alleles that uh, the moths carry to any of the proteins in now what it was Bolgar 2 and now Bolgar 3. So it has to be an annual process. So we get collections in from consultants from all the growing regions uh, throughout the southern season and now the, the North Australia season. We get collections through so we can do bioassays to assess if we're seeing any change in any of those resistance gene allele frequencies uh, in those populations. Yep. And to date... We have not seen any increase in resistance um, alleles or resistance to genes in the populations of either Helicoverpa armidra or Punctigera to, to any of the proteins. But we need to keep uh, monitoring it so we can ensure that the resistance management plan is working. And that's what the resistance monitoring program is for, is to ensure that those strategies we've put in place with the resistance management plan are working. Yep. And at this stage, it, the resistance monitoring data is saying to to us that the resistance management plan is pretty sound and we've based it on good science and that um, we're not seeing an increase in those resistance alleles. So it's about you know, us doing that monitoring and, and growers understanding the resistance management plan, why they're doing it, so that we can ensure that we're not seeing those resistance um, allele frequencies increase over time. So that's just one part of the work that we do um, at the lab. So the other part that of work that I do is is around what we were talking about, that resistance risk management plan process. So I work with all of the territory business managers once those surveys are done and I uh, we get the list of the non-compliances throughout the season and then, then I develop the resistance risk management plan that goes out to the growers. So I, I work in that commercial compliance part as well. And the other pieces of work that we do is that because we have colonies at our lab that are resistant to the proteins in Bolgard 3, we're able also to do do some screening for new technologies. So for the teams in St. Louis that are developing what might be in Bolgard 4 or Bolgard 5 or even the soybean pipeline or the corn pipeline, yep. they can send us out proteins that they're looking at for different different pipelines and we we do some screening for that early phase that they call discovery so that's a small part of what we do then as we're bringing a technology in my team will start doing some monitoring for the proteins that are in so when we move from Bolgard 2 to Bolgard 3 we started doing screening very early for um, resistance genes alleles in uh, for VIP3A 
So we do that. So we do part of that process as we're bringing a new technology in. And then we also do a lot of the field and lab work that is required for our regulators here in Australia to bring a new technology through. So for Bolgar 2, to, moving from Bolgar 2 to Bolgar 3, we did a lot of the regulatory field work for the dossiers that went to the Office of Gene Technology Regulator. And then we, we step, in, step over and then start doing all the work that is required by the APVMA so that we can develop a resistance management plan. So I kind of oversee all of that work. Um, so we kind of, we're, we're very lucky and we're, we're pretty unique in that, that we will work with a product right from discovery now all the way through to the end of its life cycle. So we do a lot of the science for the insect protected traits for the business and for actually and for the industry as well in our little lab in Toowoomba. Yep. No, it's it's pretty exciting stuff what you're doing there. And yeah, like I said before, it's definitely one of the more important roles in the whole RMP because, yeah, you're basically, you know, testing for early signals, mm-hmm. you know, against any resistance as well as bringing new technologies in to, to further boost that, you know, level of resistance we can have in our Bulgard cotton. So you mentioned it there before. I was going to ask you what sort of lies in the future for, for you know, insect resistance in cotton, and you mentioned Bulgard 4. So I'm guessing that's, like you said, something that you're working on now. I'm not sure how much you can give away, but... Exactly. And and so when we think about it, we need to stay, stay one step ahead of these insects and we don't want resistance to evolve. So... The, the only way to do that is by adding other modes of action. So uh, I can't say yet at this stage and what Bolgard 4 is, but I can say that we are starting to, as a business, starting to prepare for that project, start work on that in the next couple of years. So Bolgard 4 is on the way. Yeah. Um, and so probably looking at potentially starting work on it in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's pretty exciting. And, of course, you know, as Bolgard 4 comes in, that means, you know, another suite of new varieties that I'm sure Cotton Breeding yes, Australia exactly. are working on as well. So, yeah. No, very good. Well, I think we covered most things there, Kristen. Um, thank okay. you good. very much for giving us some of your time and joining me today to have a chat about, you know, RMP. And, you know, I'll have to reiterate that it is the backbone of, you know, why as a country we are so successful at growing, you know, high yielding, highly sustainable and efficient quality cotton so thank you and you're welcome and if you don't mind me just finishing off is that if people look to see where resistance has developed and and resistance has developed in different pests to gm technologies um overseas and when where it has developed is that where is where growers don't implement the strategies that are being put in place to protect the technologies so we we also need really need to acknowledge what Australian growers have done is that they have taken this really seriously and they do look at the resistance management plan and understand that you know it takes all of us to make sure that we have this technology into the future. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to share what I do and and also would like to reiterate if anyone is coming through to Woomba, give us a call and we're happy to run you through what we do at the lab. No doubt they will. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. 